You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. First of all, let's put things into context. In the church, we have a long history of spiritualizing everything. That's kind of our job as the church. But I also find that when we spiritualize everything, we read ourselves into Jesus' words and fail to actually understand, and more importantly, what Jesus is actually preaching and teaching. Jesus is clear here that this type of forgiveness is not just generalized forgiveness. You hit your younger sister, say sorry, kid says sorry, move on. Yes, Jesus sure has a lot to say about that. But this Sunday, there is an activity where the stakes are higher, the consequences even greater. It's clear here in the scriptures, the parable he uses has to do with economics, coming from the Greek okonomo, meaning the household economics, the household of God. Essentially, how are we house? How are we to be family? Operating as God wants us to operate, even in our temporary temporal state. And it is sure hard to be family, but this is not just about interpersonal conflict. In fact, I think it's our society's tendency to reduce it down to individual conflict. Because if we can reduce it down to interpersonal conflict, we can come up with easier, more expedient, and ultimately win-lose solutions. But if we know anything about this Jesus, his movement of love, and his embodiment of God's freedom on a cross and the defeating of death and resurrection, there is not an easy single answer a win and lose result. There is no clean and cut one and done deal. What we learn from Jesus is that forgiveness is never just about two or three or four. Rather, whether we want it to or not, it involves all of us. It creates ripples through the entire familial quilt when the fabric starts to pill because we just wanted to pull out that one pesky, annoying, troublesome thread. It demands our awareness of and our complacency with interlocking systems that collude together to mask their insidiousness. Their hiddenness gives them power. For if we cannot see them, then surely we cannot begin to comprehend the truth the destructive iceberg that is just below the surface of the visible conflict. One of my favorite classes that I took in college focused an entire semester on one country and not the United States of America. It was the country of South Africa. It is home to some of my greatest heroes. First of all, Nelson Mandela, who we probably have all heard of. Yes, good. He was an anti-apartheid leader and the first democratically elected president after apartheid. One of the movies that I love that display the struggle is called Invictus, and it is a movie, surprisingly, about rugby. 
Nelson Mandela was one that did not want to completely annihilate those who had lost. He sought ways into a future that brought people together instead of creating more isolation. When the South African national anthem was being put together, it was demonized by the Afrikaans, those that were white, that um, were um, in charge of the apartheid movement. They did not understand that the original um, hymn that was being proposed as the anthem was they didn't know what it was. And they said, this is a freedom fighting song. We can't do this. We're not a part of this. And so in the South African national anthem, there are actually three languages. There is the original Kosa in the first stanza. Then it is in Afrikaans. Then it is in English as a way in which if we write the history, we're not just going to rule you to oblivion. And there is also the Springboks, which are the rugby team. If you don't know, I'm going to get this date wrong, but the Springboks won the Rugby World Cup in 1990-something right after apartheid, right after they had instituted a new way of being in this anti-apartheid struggle. In choir, we were able to um, work with a composer who was from South Africa that decided to write hymns based on the traditional Kosa language and other indigenous languages, but he composed them with the feelings of today in a, in a university where they still have great inequity within the country. He would bring together Afrikaans, international students, and those native to South Africa and bring them together to sing this music today. It was so hard for us as a choir to do so because we all seek our own spot in the spotlight. We all want that one part that we can stick out. But the beautiful thing about his choral music is that it is when all are reconciled together that then the holy task has begun. Another one of my late heroes from South Africa, and we know him, hopefully, is the late Archbishop of Cape Town, Desmond Tutu, who passed away in 2021. Much like our own civil rights movement, the desire for freedom within a society necessitated not just political, economic, and cultural leaders, but it also needed religious ones. And Jesus has something to say about that. We are social creatures. What we say and how we act is not entirely unique or natural. Rather, we develop immense articulations, products of our socializations from before conception, going back generation upon generation. So when Jesus offers us a parable of one who is unwilling to show economic mercy to one who has received economic relief and mercy of even greater immensity, it's not just a moral failure. It's a condemnation of a society, a way of life, our way of life, that would lead us to believe that though we may be free, others should still be not free and be punished if they are not able to pay us what they owe us. And if we as people of faith merely read this as, we are bad if we don't extend mercy like we have been recipients of mercy, then God help us all, because our house divided will not stand. 
our household economy and its market logic, not of this world, not divinely ordained, will kill us all. And who is safe then? It demands a theological response. It demands the church's response. And throughout the church's history, for the sake of self-preservation and to secure its public favorability, we have failed to respond or have responded in ways that depart from the ways of Jesus, who we proclaim is the way to life and life abundant. Desmond Tutu was a humble priest priest and the Archbishop of Cape Town. But in the midst of his people's struggle for freedom and justice, he was one keenly aware of the promises and perils of reorganizing and rebuilding a more equitable, fair, and inclusive society, and frankly, church. Forgiveness is one thing, something the church ought to facilitate and more boldly practice. But reconciliation is something that will take even more courage, more strength, and it's something we might be able to engage in only if we can learn to depend on God and listen to God. As the chairman of South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, Tutu dared the church and the people of South Africa to dig a little deeper, trust in God, and move in a path of reconciliation. Many times in our world's history, we as human beings have failed to engage in reconciliation. We have punished losers and isolated them beyond belief. We have glorified the winners with exaggerations leading to a false sense of pride. And whenever we have done this, whenever we have tried to rebuild out of ruins and rubble, the way we have gone about it is unfortunately led us into new futures with shadows too gloomy for us to see and experience the freedom for all that God desires. But the commission was established to move us beyond the cycles of retribution and violence that had plagued so many other countries from their transitions from oppression to democracy. The commission granted perpetrators of political crimes the opportunity to appeal for amnesty by giving a full and truthful account of their actions. And, if they so chose, an opportunity to ask for forgiveness, opportunities that some took and others did not. The commission also gave victims of political crimes a chance to tell their stories, hear confessions, and thus unburden themselves from the pain and suffering they had experienced. Tutu writes, For our nation to heal and become a more humane place, we had to embrace our enemies as well as our friends. The same is true the world over. True, enduring peace between countries within a country, within a community, within a family, requires real reconciliation between former enemies and even between loved ones who have struggled with one another. All throughout the country, there were open and difficult and televised conversations about what apartheid was like for all peoples involved abused and abuser, freed and indebted. And yes, we could say that there was a lot of forgiveness. When House marches in the Pride Parade each and every year, there is one sign we cannot march without, and it's not the name of our church, that big banner we have. That sign has a simple sentence in bold letters. 
We are sorry the church hurt you. And some look at it with true and real fear, unable to forgive those who said they spoke for the church when they told them that their gender identity, sexuality, or culture was beaten out of them. From members of the LGBTQ plus community to people of African descent and indigenous peoples, those who experience abuse and harm from church leaders. There are many within and outside the church who just say that our measly sign, our simple cross-bearing, is in vain, that it is a pointless, futile exercise. And yet, whenever this sign is in public, the people who have come to march with it hear countless stories, countless tears, countless of encounters with God from people who desire to be in relationship with others again not in spite of their pain, but because of the pain of the church pushing them away is far too deadly. Reconciliation is possible, and it is God's future for us. It could all go to hell in a handbasket. That's what they try to say about Jesus on that old rugged cross. Through a little church sign and worshiping communities who do not try to excuse away the pain the church has inflicted, but instead says, we are sorry. You are welcome to share your story. And if you care to join us in this holy and hard work and desire to be a community of Christ's transformation in the midst of this ever-changing, unrelenting world, welcome home. For reconciliation in South Africa and our society, and especially here in our church, all of us will have to give something up, give something deadly up, our pride, our ego, our self-reliance, our own understanding for the sake of new life and growth. We cannot and will not grow without reconciliation, and it will not be easy. Reconciliation sometimes means ending and or a renewal of relationships. But what if we truly believe and came to embody the reconciliation God has offered through the very enfleshment of Jesus, who we proclaim as the Christ, a God who has and will continue to asks us to reconcile all things, even the dividing wall of hostility, through the cross, so that we might not be conquerors and conquered, but rather freed citizens in the household of God, not only accountable to and for ourselves and others, but most importantly, accountable to God with only whom we must give account, not to the powers and principalities of this world, but to the reconciling power of God, to bring all things together in a world where we want to put all things apart in the name of bringing all things together, to bring values and pride out of our past and to confess and tell the truth in the same breath, to commend ourselves and our cares over to God through the cross of Christ who alone can save us. As part of the anti-apartheid struggle, Desmond Tutu also did some writing. And one of his poems was then turned into a hymn by famous hymn writer John Bell, who we usually sing from the Iona community. His hymn goes something like this. 
goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than shadows. Life is stronger than death. Victory is ours. Victory is ours through God who loves us. Victory is ours. Victory is ours through God who loves us. Something more deeper and profound than forgiveness. Reconciliation is the only way forward, and God help us do it. Amen. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org giving.